1: Sit back and enjoy Druids, in cars, going to festivals.
0: So usually we talk in advance about our topics, but I'm just going to ask you, do you ever set goals for your year of liturgical work? So, I know that you set goals for a ritual, you know, ideally. (laughs) Okay. I do. (laughs) Uh, They may or may not be really well formed, but we are preparing to go prep, I guess, for a year's worth of rituals. Do you ever
1: create a a set of goals, things you want to do in that year? I mean, I literally just put together the agenda for this meeting uh, an hour ago. But we have an agenda we have an agenda and I think setting goals is really important for any, anything that's worth doing with some extent of planning, I think is worth actually setting goals for that planning. Yeah. Um, so I guess I feel like you're asking a rhetorical question because we're running this meeting. So the answer is yes. I set goals for rituals, but also I think it's important, like outside of the, (laughs) The leading question that you just hit me with <laughs> as I hopped in the car. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> what can I say? I saw an opportunity and I took it.
1: You know, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's just amusing. <laughs> but part of
0: the reason that I asked, you know, obviously, aside from us going to a ritual planning meeting where we're going to plan out the groves next 12 months or so mm-hmm. of rituals and who's going to lead them and what we're going to do in them and all of that. Um, also kind of stems from the fact that this year uh, when I turned in my annual priesty report Oh, you um, set yourself goals. I set a whole bunch of goals for myself but they were all stupidly measurable. Uh, well, like, <laughs> it, it was numbers, it was, you know, when, when I'm going to do stuff and what date I'm going to do them on and, and that kind of stuff and Some of that was very metricized.
1: Well, no, but I feel like, again, if it's, if it's worth setting goals for, it's worth setting goals that you can understand if you're A, on track and B, met them. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I, I'm neck deep in working on the ADF annual report right now and, uh, we're trying to write SMART goals this year. Which are the specific, measurable, uh, attainable, reasonable, and timely? Like is what that acronym is. That sounds like the right um, set of words for that acronym. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm. I see the value in it. I'm really bad at doing that. Like, I just my head, my brain does not operate that way. So. Um, but I think it's really, really valuable and useful from the perspective of why set goals if you're not going to do them. Well, if you're not going to do them, if you're not going to set an actual deadline, if you're you're not even going to be able to know if you met your goal, I mean, like, these are all good things. Um, One of the things I'm looking forward to with our meeting tonight for liturgy planning is because we've started doing this annually, it gives us this opportunity to look back at the past eight high days and kind of figure out, like, oh, these things we did were really cool, let's make sure we keep doing them. And, oh, these things maybe weren't, I mean, like, they're fine, but do we have other ideas? Yeah, right. It didn't work as well, or yeah. boy, was that cool, or... Or that would be cool with different implementation. Exactly. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of, like, I'm really enjoying the fact that this process of, like, goal setting will allow us to look at what we've done... And then figure out how to make moving forward better.
0: Yeah. Um, Which begs the question to me, do we have our omens for the last
1: 12 months? Somewhere uh, handy? Somewhere handy? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Just Rather, I know where they all are in physical print writing. Yes. I do not know if, if have I have us. them electronically <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. So... <laughs> that,
0: that, is, that is one of those things that as you're talking about looking back on the air, I'm like,
1: oh, we should maybe look at our omens
0: do we... more of that. And, and that fits too with one of the things that I need to ask tonight, which is we've done a couple of rituals where we have looked back at our omen from the previous rite, and how does that feel? And the sense that I've gotten is that it's positive. Well, yeah, that's I'm the sense I've out, gotten, but. I'm still working on implementation, but. Yeah,
1: yeah, I wanna, I wanna, um, like, I have the whole first part of the agenda is just, like, feedback on stuff. <laughs> wow, that is, like, hundreds of water bottles. Yeah, that... I think
0: they fell off a truck. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a really sharp curve on this entrance <laughs> to the highway, and. Yeah, a lot of water <laughs> bottles have apparently fallen off of a truck somewhere.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, so, like, Another thing I put in there that we haven't looked at since 2019 is, um, we were doing a gender study. Yeah. Uh, so I included the link in our agenda tonight for the spreadsheet for that, which essentially we've gone through all of our rituals since 2002 that we have records for and notated who the deity or deities of the occasion are uh, who inspiration is and who the gatekeeper is and then um, marked each of those spirits as male female, non-binary genderless um, no gender in in the case of like the sun right, like if it's nature or something Um, but just to make sure that we're not falling into weird binary things, or we're not only honoring, uh, certain gender identities of deities, like, so we're just trying to get a feel for it, um, so the last time that document was updated was 2019, so, I don't know, yeah, well, and I don't know that we'll get a chance to do it tonight, but the nice thing, silver lining of pandemic, is we have scripts do for all of those rights so it's going to be real easy to go back and just plug them in yep
0: and that actually that is one of the reasons that I came up with this topic as I was driving over because I was thinking about planning I'm like you know one of those things it wasn't on my list of priestly goals, but is very top of mind for me especially around ritual is um making sure that we don't binary ourselves off yep um it's it's often weird to speak of spirits as having a gender in the first place, uh, but it's also really easy, particularly as pagans, for us to dive into that binary and say, "Oh, well, we've we've got a god. Do we have a goddess?" Um, yeah. And or the other way around, and that sort of thing is something that I want to. Kind of pay more attention to it and understand because I've done a fairly good job of removing binary language from my ritual and liturgical language, but it's not not perfect yet. Certainly,
1: yeah. Well, and uh, to be clear, one of the things that I I want to make sure we do acknowledge is that so we're doing this like gender study, right? Where we we f- we dictate these things, yeah. but. So Garnus is our gatekeeper for yep. a lot of rights and just generally for our Grove. And it's pretty clear that, so I will say he is gender fluid. Because to me, Garnus appears male. Yep. To other people in the Grove, Garnus appears female. Um, and so we've kind of designated that where, and same with Tutantes, where it appears to each in their own way. Um, we've designated that in our little like six-option drop-down menu for sorting purposes as gender fluid, yeah. um, and then we have others, you know, that that are always one and always another. And so, I don't want I don't want the interpretation to be that we're saying, oh, we can't have binary deities. Yeah. Um, the gender of I was gonna say Loki, but that's <laughs> <laughs> the gender. The gender of Loki is not a good example. The, no. <laughs> the gender of Zeus, okay, is male. Like yeah. pretty much every iteration and everyone you talk to is gonna say, "Oh yeah, Zeus is male." Yeah. Um, but then you have other deities like Loki who are more less fluid, so. <laughs> the more they're they're less able to pinpoint. Um, And so it's not saying that, oh, we need to honor the female aspects of Zeus or whatever. It's, well, no, he's, he's male. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to me earlier when you mentioned,
0: you know, things lacking gender and you mentioned the sun. And I'm like, well, except though, Sunna, the Norse sun is... You know, female presenting at
1: least Yes, but that's different than when we and do And Helios a, is male. male presenting Right, but like for, for ComFest this year, for our summer solstice rite, yep. We are honoring the, the sun, sun Which, we're doing it as a Pan-Indo-European rite, yep. And so, it has no gender Right, like it's There's going to be so many different aspects brought in yep. that, it, that it won't be So I'm looking forward to just kind of Bringing that back to the forefront of people's Minds for this planning meeting just so we're aware of it in the year moving forward
0: yeah and we've always tried to be fairly balanced on yeah it's always been anytime we've done you know planning of a year out that's something that we've always
1: yeah we tried in the
0: early days of the grove um we tried to manage
1: yeah we try to diversify hearth culture and um location in the city and um and obviously deed is the occasion and like so we we try to diversify across the board um and so that's just one more thing that when we plan tonight i want to just make sure we're considering
0: yeah and along with that uh, one of the things that i have been thinking about recently is making rituals more welcoming Mm -hmm. And so part of that is people seeing themselves in ritual, uh, which helps with that. But it's also about, you know, it's also about making sure that we have something in place for new people so they understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, so one of the other things I put on the agenda for tonight as... At least something to think about, even if we table it for another meeting, is revising our first time at Ritual uh-huh. document, because uh, I don't think it's changed since I joined, and that was like 15 years ago. Mm, it might have, it but, <laughs> yeah. but not significantly, and it it has fallen into the trap of being written by a whole bunch of different people, and we've all just added sections, yeah. and so it's real rambly. Yeah,
0: and... I, the last time that we updated it was before the pandemic uh, and one of the key things that we added to it at that time was whether the bathrooms and the spaces that we typically meet are accessible mm-hmm. because we, it's not something that we typically think about uh, but that I think is important to include because if you want to be truly accessible that's just one of those things that you need to let people know about
1: yep and I want to um, like when we're updating that kind of document but like I made a point of it for our belting right that we did um, because so many like Beltane's one of the big two pagan holidays, right? Yep. That people who don't normally come to rites will come to either Beltane or Samhain. Um, and the, the issue run, you run into with a lot of Beltane rites is that they are not child-friendly because they're very gender-binary. They're all about sex. like. And so I put in our little like three-sentence blurb for Beltane, this rite is explicitly welcoming of children and families yeah. because, and it's that so I know we've talked about before trying to navigate around the not using the term family friendly because apparently that's a dog that's whistle. That's a cold word, yeah. yeah. Um, but just making sure that families who have kids know that we're not going to be talking about <laughs> sexy fertility stuff for, at a Beltane right. For people
0: playing along at home, uh, it's worth noting that Family friendly, that phrase, is sometimes used to denote uh, traditional marriage and family values, which, when you phrase it that way, raises hackles for very good reasons, I think. Because it it implies all sorts of awful things about gay people and uh, alternative love styles and all sorts of stuff just not being welcome.
1: Yeah, so we've tried to move away from using the term family-friendly, and we're instead using, like, welcoming of children and families, welcoming of all gender identities and expressions, just... Being more explicit. Yeah.
0: About how we're less explicit. Or something, you know. something like <laughs> that. something <laughs> I, I think that those are, are good things, and we need to keep doing those. The other thing about Belt that I really liked, I'll mention this in the meeting too, is that it was super explicitly mobility-friendly.
1: That was one of the things when I was planning it. Um, that Because we did a Maypole this year. Yep. And Which is
0: not friendly for mobility. Right. challenged
1: individuals. Or people who aren't physically there. Right. So I, I had three jobs and the idea was that it was working kind of like a triad and all three jobs were equally important. And so it wasn't the afterthought of, oh, if you can't dance, you can clap. Like, yeah, it was we had people who were weaving the energy in the dance. We had people who were raising the energy with toning and clapping, and we had people keeping the beat to drive drive that energy raising. And then we had people who didn't want to do any of the other things seal the magic at the end. Um, And all of that was... It was all meant to be equally important. Like, it couldn't be done without one of those pieces.
0: And I like that, because it it recognized that not everyone comes to ritual in the same way Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that i have goals about and that i want to see us doing more of so what i'm going to say is i'm glad we're on the same
1: page not that i thought that we wouldn't (laughs) be
0: thanks for listening and there's more to come
1: we welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org.
0: If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate.
1: Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Schipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Biershank.
0: Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at ADF.org.
1: As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.